the official podcast for the Australian Podiatry Association. This is where we talk about issues affecting podiatrists and their patients, as well as a range of broader issues. My name is Annette. I'm the CPD Manager with the Australian Podiatry Association and your host for today's episode. Podiatrists are highly skilled allied health professionals trained to prevent, diagnose, treat and rehabilitate conditions of the lower limb and feet with the aim to keep people mobile. Today, we're discussing the considerations and challenges when working with patients with dementia. And to do this, we're joined by Executive Director of Services and Business Development with Dementia Australia, Leanne Emerson. It's great to have you online with us today, Leanne. Welcome. Thanks, Annette. Nice to be here. Leanne has a Bachelor of Behavioural Science and a grad dip in Counselling and Applied Psychology and was appointed to the executive role with Alzheimer's Australia in 2017, which went on to unify state and territory members into the national entity we know today, Dementia Australia. As a registered organisational and counselling psychologist, Leanne has a commitment to social justice and community responsibility and is passionate about improving the respect and care for older people across Australia, particularly those living with dementia and their families. Now, Leanne, I'm so pleased you've been able uh, to join us today. Before you and I met today to to record this conversation, we discussed the the many challenges that come from uh, uh, or come with living um, and caring uh, for people with dementia. And I learned from that conversation that there are so many different considerations in keeping our patients, family or loved ones with dementia safe, healthy and content. Mm. Um, But that because, you know, there are so many things to consider, there can be some potential problems that fly under the radar. Um, And, you know, unfortunately, we don't have a lot of time to spend together today. And this is such a big topic. I wanted to start off uh, by asking what seems, I'm sure, for yourself to be a simple question. However, I expect it is anything, but what what is dementia and what is it not? Yeah, look, it's a very good question and uh, most people misunderstand dementia. So, I mean, dementia is really an umbrella term that describes a larger group of illnesses, um, all of which... Um, cause a progressive decline in a person's function. So it's a broad term used to describe things like a loss of memory, of intellect, of the ability to think rationally, of social skills, and then uh, physical functioning. Um, Importantly, across all of that, though, it's progressive and ultimately um, is a fatal disease of the brain. And so there are many different types of dementia. And the one that most people seem to know best is Alzheimer's disease. And that is indeed the most common form of dementia. But there are, as I said, over a hundred different types of dementia, including things like vascular dementia, frontotemporal dementia, dementia with Lewy bodies, um, and many others. But they're probably the ones that people will be most familiar with. Um, importantly, though, it's not a normal part of aging, although it's more commonly seen as people get older. Oh, okay. And and that's a fact I, I wasn't aware of. So um, now look, and, and that's really interesting. And I guess that does actually lead into um, our, our next question. I mean, there are so many doctors and specialists in the life uh, of a person living with dementia. 
where does the allied health professional, uh, the, the podiatrist, fit into this and, and what is their role and how can they help? Yeah, look, I think allied health professionals are really, you know, particularly vital part of the healthcare system for people living with dementia and particularly for people living at home alone with dementia. I think that's that's a particularly marginalised group. Um, so what we're trying to do is enable people with dementia to maintain their quality of life, you know, live independently, take, uh, uh, be able to care for themselves and, and maintain their mobility and particularly then reduce the risk of complications due to other injuries. So I think the role of allied health professionals broadly is to try and enable people with dementia to maintain those functions so that they can be independent for longer. I think particularly too, they're often the, they're often one of a very small number of people who get to see a person with dementia in their home environment. So I think they're key to picking up where there are risks or concerns or changes to the way a person's living that might be an early signal to the need to involve some other health professionals. So, you know, I think it's both about enabling them to be independent and autonomous, um, but also to kind of keep an eye on how, you know, their broader and general health is is progressing. Mm, mm. I mean, okay, so working with clients and podiatrists can work in people's homes. We've obviously touched on that. They work in community care centres, in aged care. Mm. What what would be some of the recommendations you might have for podiatrists working with patients who may be at different stages of the condition? So um, uh, we now know that there's hundreds of different types of, of dementia uh, that, that fall under that umbrella term. But um, someone with mild dementia, they may still live at home in their own home, whereas a client with more severe dementia may be living in care. So, you know, what, what would be some of your recommendations for podiatrists who, who work with patients um, at different stages of this condition? Yeah, look, I think um, it's important to know as much about the patient as you possibly can before going to visit with them um, because, it will require a tailored approach in one way or another. You know, understanding where they're at and what their abilities are, as well as where they will struggle a little bit, will be really helpful in knowing how to approach the appointment, you know, to make it the most successful and easy, if you like, as it can be. So, you know, for someone, for example, with a mild cognitive concern, they might be largely independent. Um, they might be quite autonomous. And I think, the feedback we hear from consumers who are in that category often is that people speak to them like they're their disease. So they speak across them instead of to them or they speak in a patronising way. Or So I think the first thing I'd say is don't assume that because a person has dementia, they're not able to engage with you, you know, at, at a particular level. So that that's the case perhaps for someone in the early stages or with mild impairment. Um Equally, though, if you're talking with someone who presents as a little more anxious, perhaps, or confused, not quite sure why you're there and what you're there to do, then I think the advice I would give is take a little bit more time to explain who you are and why you're there and do some things that help them feel more comfortable and settled about the visit. Um, someone more progressed, on the other hand, uh, you know, in the very late stages may not be able to engage with you verbally 
Um, mm. But it's equally as important to ensure that they feel comfortable and that you explain while you're there. But they might benefit in connecting in other ways. You know, the idea of playing some music in the background or having some photos to flick through and um, for you to talk to uh, while you're there is a kind of a good way to support a person with dementia to feel more relaxed and, and reassured. Um, and oh, I think oh, that's the a other, great idea. Yeah. And I think family members where they're available are also really important informants. You know, they can give you terrific guidance about what works. They know their loved one best, you know, and they can tell you what they have found has worked um, for them. So I think there's some other simple things you can do to wear a name badge and a name badge that has large enough font that they can read it, right, so they know who you are. Introduce yourself as you come in. I think referring to people by their names, you know, your son Alex told me that, you know, uh, is an easy way to help kind of reorientate a person with dementia. Um, And keep an eye on other things too, like, for example, checking that the person isn't feeling unwell or in pain. You know, people with dementia, if they're feeling that way, may not be able to express that to you. So I think it's a great idea to ask the person how they're feeling and is there anything that they're concerned about, you know, before you start to to um, undertake the appointment. Mm-hmm. Let's just, um, if we can, just touch on home visits um, mm-hmm. for a moment. We've already established that, you know, obviously podiatrists, they're working in, in a lot of different environments. Home care is is obviously a, a big one um, when it comes to, to patients that may have dementia. What are the red flags that a podiatrist might be looking out for in a patient with dementia? Often a podiatrist will see the same patient every six to eight weeks. They go into their homes and they would notice changes, I'm sure, what might be some of the things a podiatrist should take note of that, that might be of concern? Yeah, look, I think there's a couple of answers to that question, Annette. So on the one hand, what you might encounter is some behaviour that you don't expect, you know, a level of agitation or anxiety. And I think it's important to understand that quite often those behaviours come from there being a need that's not being met. So, you know, there's a, there's a broad kind of view across, um, the community that, that people with dementia are angry and agitated and hard to get on with. Well, certainly that is sometimes the case with dementia, but more often than not, that kind of behavior is a response to something else, you know? So, for example, um, changes in mood or behavior might be associated with, um, pain. And that's the way that they're letting you know that they're in pain. Um, a person who seems more uh, uh, apathetic than normal, that might be associated with there being a lack of social engagement or stimulation. You know, they've not had enough to do um, that meaningfully involves them in life. Um, one of the behaviours you'll often hear people talking about is wandering. You know, the person's sort of moving around the home aimlessly, seeming un- seemingly unsettled, but that might be about them looking for a, a familiar environment or loved one. And their disorientation is, is meaning that they're not interpreting the context in the right way. Um, fatigue's another one. You know, fatigue can be a, a source of all sorts of unusual behaviours, agitation and upset. And, you know, there's so many different things. So I think, I think the trick is to not, to not put labels on what you're seeing and assume that what you're seeing is just because of the condition. 
but looking for what else might be causing the person to be that way. Um, you know, a really terrific sign of um, someone being in pain, apart from a behavioural change, would be a reluctance to move. Um, sleeping more than usual. Uh, you know, they may have particular facial or verbal expressions that don't, that aren't about them telling you that they're in pain, but should signal that there's something that's not quite right. So, so I think looking out for anything that is particularly if you're seeing a patient on a regular basis, you know, looking out for what, anything that seems unusual for them, you know, mm. have they got food in the fridge? Have they taken their medication? Do they look like their personal hygiene's been taken care of? Um, do they look dehydrated? You know, those kinds of things would all be uh, things you would kind of make a mental note of and say, you know, there's a flag there. Either I need to do something or, if, or something I need to check for next time to see whether there is a, a pattern occurring or perhaps they just had a bad day, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, <sighs> Our next question, you know, I, I was going to, you know, discuss and um, patient communication. I mean, it's it's important, you know, no matter whom a podiatrist works with. However, just listening to you discuss the behavioural changes um, in in a person and in, in a patient that may have dementia, but also the need to be aware of um, so many other things that are going on for that patient or, or try to be aware if you can. And my question was going to be, you know, how can podiatrists communicate um, with, you know, effectively and recognise the need to change communication according to each patient needs? But I, I guess there's also a point to this where signs and signals, um, because sometimes verbal communication is not going to be there. So communication becomes bigger than just the listening and, and the talking, doesn't it? Yeah, it absolutely does. Mm. Yeah, look, it absolutely does. And I, so I think there's certainly ways you can adjust your verbal communication to set the person up for success. So things like, um, you know, speaking in a calm and gentle, matter of fact kind of a way, using short sentences with just one idea um, at a time. You know, you don't ask a person with dementia in one sentence to do three things. You know, you ask them one thing at a time. Um, you'll probably need to allow more time for them to understand what you've said and to respond. I mean, quite often as, as um, caregivers, I guess, we're in a hurry, right? So we will ask a question and if you don't get a quick response, you sort of assume an answer and move on. It will take a bit more time for a person with dementia to, to provide you with an answer, but they will probably be able to provide you with an answer. But I think there's the nonverbal stuff is just as important. And so you know, get down to their level, make sure you make eye contact. Those things are really important. You know, there is a rapport that can be built just by engaging, you know, eye to eye contact. Um, if a person is, seems a bit unsure or even a bit agitated, you know, that wouldn't be the time to get in their space. <laughs> you know, that'd be the time to stand back a little bit and maybe have a bit more of a chit chat just about life and what's going on for them until they've reached a point where they seem more settled and are trusting of you and, you know, you can then, you know, get, get closer and start to do what you need to do. So I guess, you know, the key here is that there's not, there's not a perfect recipe for success. Everyone's different. And you really have to be guided by what you see when you're meeting a person, particularly for the first time. Mm, mm. 
you know, um, I, it's, it's interesting, obviously, um, you know, uh, I think there's a lot of scope um, for what podiatrists um, can, can assist with other than, you know, someone's lower limb and foot health when it comes to uh, working with people in their homes. We've touched on the fact that, um, you know, there, there can be at times red flags, um, particularly, you know, uh, in those patients that podiatrists see um, in home visits. Being aware of things um, like, you know, if their patient is eating well, if they're in a safe environment, you know, what changes may be causing that anxiety or, or um, concern in their patient on that particular day, that heightened anxiety or stress. What what do you think is the role of allied health, uh, of, of podiatrists in the overall health and well-being of, of patients that are, are living with dementia? Yeah, look, I think, uh, and look, my my own view about this, if you like, my approach to this might be a little bit different to some, but I think as health professionals, we have a bigger responsibility than just what what we're there to do, you know. Um, as a psychologist, for example, if I can use that analogy, I might be there to talk to a client about, a you know, an emotional or psychological issue that they're dealing with. But if their physical safety was at risk, well, then that's my responsibility to to pay attention to that too, you know. So I think um, whatever the health profession um, and particularly for the most vulnerable people in community and older people and older people with dementia are certainly that, then I think our role is to essentially keep a keep a professional eye on them. So, you know, if you if you are visiting a, a patient and you're noticing things that concern you, you know, the gas is being left on, the front door's wide open and, you know, uh, not secured or, you know, as I said before, they look like their personal hygiene is deteriorating over time. You know, I think it's a very fine line because I don't think our job is to be paternalistic and jump in and take over. But I do think we need to start to think about who can we involve in that person's life or who is in, involved in that person's life who might need to, we might need to share some of that information with, you know, how can we, what can we do to ensure that there is some other person, you know, who's who's offering some oversight into how the person's coping. It might be a family member, it might be another health professional, you know, but, but you know, if the level of concern has escalated to a point where you're really worried about a person, then there is probably a need to bring someone else into that conversation. And I think, you know, one organisation um, that is really great for that is the Older Persons Advocacy Network, OPAN. They're a national service. And amongst their roles, one of them is to advocate for those people who have no one else, really, to advocate for themselves. So, I mean, also you could call our National Dementia Helpline and our, our staff would be able to offer advice about that. But whoever whoever you speak to, I think it's just important to build on the client's own networks and make sure that there is, you know, we're wrapping around them is the way I'd like to put it, you know, to see what mm. we can do to stop them falling between the gaps. Mm. Mm. Oh, well, look, Leanne, you, you segued into my next question beautifully there. I, I was going to ask you, 
you know, uh, for podiatrists who are interested in learning more, where, you know, where could they go to find more resources um, that supports the work they do with patients um, who, who may have dementia? You've mentioned OPAN and, mm. of course, Dementia Australia and the Helpline. Mm-hmm. Um, are there any um, online resources that uh, you, you would suggest might be very useful in, in this instance as well? Yeah, look, there's so much out there. Um, and a shameless plug, I guess, we have, we have a website that holds a whole host of information, um, both for aged care and health professionals, as well as for people with dementia and their families and carers. So, you know, depending on who you are, there's different information tailored for your reading. Um, we also and that's run the Dementia Australia website. It is, yeah. So it's yep, dementia.org. Dementia.org.au, dementia. yep. yeah. Yep. Um, there's also, we run webinars on a fairly regular basis on particular topics to do with dementia. But we also have a, a whole arm of our organisation that is um, for training and education to those who work in the health and aged care sector. Um, and that ranges from, you know, anything from, you know, a, a workshop across a couple of hours on a topic like communication or, you know, how to, how to work with different behaviours to more um, comprehensive programs that might run across a day or even longer. And in a lot of our training programs, we use um, immersive experiences. So we use virtual reality um, avatars, things like that, that enable the learner to experience what it's like to have dementia, as well as learn about caring for someone with dementia. And, you know, we found that's a really great way for people to gain both an understanding and also an empathy they may not have had before. Um, so there's all sorts of training tools available. That's Some a very of them unique are, way of learning. Yes. Mm. Yeah, look, it, it really is terrific because, I mean, we've we've had people do the training who have been working in the sector for a long time, who have done a lot of training programs and always found them valuable, but have come away from these with a new perspective. Said, I just didn't realise how hard it was for a person with dementia to do task A or task B. And what I know to do now is I can make some small adjustments that will make the world of difference. Um and I was going to say a lot of our training programs now can be done online. You don't have to do them um, face-to-face. So uh, I think if you go to our website, you'll be, you know, you'll be able to find uh, where to access those programs. It's fantastic. I, I've written that down. And, and um, just to, to, you know, reiterate again, that was dementia.org.au. It and is. Um, it's, uh, there's also um, OPAN. Um, which That's is also right. O-P-A-N, um, for those listening um, who might want to uh, look up some resources. Oh, I Look, you know, this is just such a big topic and unfortunately we have to wrap um, today's episode up, but we could have easily, you know, given this a couple of hours, I think, and um, yeah. that's for sure. It's been great to have you join us today, Leanne, uh, even just to explore just a small part of the considerations and challenges, um, you know, people with dementia need and face. Is there anything you'd like to add uh, before we wrap up? Look, I think perhaps, um, well, thank you for having me, first of all. And, um, you know, awareness is half the battle, really. So, you know, even knowing a little bit about dementia is certainly better than knowing nothing at all. And look, I think the other thing to say is we're running, uh, it's Dementia Action 
week at the moment. And so we run some quite a concentrated campaign across Australia to raise people's awareness of dementia and, and, and particularly this year tackling uh, what consumers tell us is the experience of being discriminated against, which sounds pretty severe, but really it's about knowing how to talk to someone, knowing how to offer a, a helping hand and be supportive. So, so again, I mean, you can get information about Dementia Action Week on our website. So I just encourage you to jump on there and take a look and see if you're interested in getting involved in something. Thanks again, Leanne. Thank, it's just been fantastic chatting. My pleasure. As always, we welcome your feedback and requests for podcast topics. This does wrap us up for this week's episode. Email your feedback or any topics that you might like to hear more on to info at podiatry.org.au. Thank you again for joining us. And don't forget to check out our website, podiatry.org.au, as a source for ongoing updates on a range of topics for podiatrists. And also, when you can, take a look at our social media feeds at facebook.com forward slash Australian Podiatry Association or Twitter at apoda underscore national. In the meantime, stay safe and take care. Bye for now.